That's Juan Gabriel. Juan Gabriel. Si asut me querer, te puedo querer. Juanga. Pero no sos ni puede ni mujer. No tengo dinero. That's right, man. That's the Mexican Liberace right there. What were all his nicknames? Juanga. Juanga. Maricón, I don't know. Nobody nah. called him that. Nobody called him that. You, you know, know what's funny? He was gay his whole life, but nobody. It's weird, like, out of respect, they, they never say he was gay or yeah. anywhere. Yeah, it's funny because I read in, um, he just passed away. Yes. If you don't know who he is, he was a Mexican singer, very popular. A ballad singer. Well, he sang fast songs, too. Yeah, I sing everything. He sang pop, poppy songs. Mariachis. That's a pop song. That sounds a lot like Jose Feliciano type yeah. music, too. Yeah, that it's 70s. I don't really care for that music, but. Uh, <laughs> I do. I know, because you, know, you, know, you know what? This is not my type, but I Let see. Me talk I respect about Lisa his, Esparza you know, from the Angel of the Cow. She hates Asian pop. I hate Asian pop. <laughs> she hates it with a passion. Well, I, you know, I can't say I hate it. I respect all kinds of music that are out there, like, because there's. They obviously have some appeal to people, you know. But I do like those people. Asian women from um, you like the Kyo Korean. Bio. Oh, those are Harajuku, yeah. Harajuku girls. Yeah. yeah, they don't sing. <laughs> That's one, right? Uh, I don't. They didn't sing, did they? Yeah, the Kill Bill girls in that band. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Japanese fighting girls who are dressed up like schoolgirls. I think I know the wrong thing then. No, you don't. You're telling me here like Chinese music. You're like, no way, man. Most pop, Chinese pop, I don't like. My friend uh, in New York, I can't say I, I mean, I don't like it personally. I don't like any of that stuff. I don't like Mexican pop music. Um, I do like, I do like like that old ranchero music. I like bachata, you know, Dominican style music. I like. Well, that's more like punk, though. Okay, I know what you're talking about. That's more this, like punk. This is the Japanese that's actually band, the more, five, six, seven, eights. That's actually more like that, that surf style punk. style. Yeah, it's like that surf punk, uh, Watusi almost sort of. Yeah. Um, what do you call that? I don't know. I don't know what that style is called, but it's like surf punk, I would say. But I, I'm just not into that kind of music, but I'm not going to hate on it because... That's just it's just not my taste, but it obviously appeals to millions of people. So how can I, I mean I'm the wrong one, you know, it's just not Who for me. would you um that song um 
No tengo dinero ni nada que dar. That, movie, that song came out in 72. Mm -hmm. And the, when I, we were playing a video from it. A video from 1972. Like, it, it was from a movie that he was in. Oh, he was an actor too? Oh, yeah, man. Back then, if you're a great singer, they put you in movies like Elvis. Oh, okay. So he was doing Fernandez was in movies. Did he do a lot of acting or he was just in like musical movies? He did some horrible acting. But he, did. <laughs> but he sang. Once he started singing... You forgot what he said. How many eye jobs had he had? I don't know, man. <laughs> His face had changed over the years. I don't know, but if I cut my beard, I look just like him now. Don't lie. You saw that. Man, you know what? Okay. Well, <clears throat> you didn't make that that photo, that little collage. Who did it? I don't know. Somebody did it a while ago, like last year or whatever. You put this thing up. I had to delete it from your Facebook fan page because people are idiots, and they were starting to go off on you. And I don't what? even know if you noticed it. I don't but know. there was a flood of like hate. On what? Only on Facebook. Facebook. I'm telling you, Facebook are those people was on it Facebook are assholes. Photo? It was you on one side. It was an old photo from Last Comic Standing. The the uh, publicity photos they took. You know, and you're kind of putting your arm out like this. Yeah. And then the photo on the right was Juan Gabriel doing kind of the same pose. Yes. And somebody had put it together because he kind of looked similar, although he looked 20 years older than you. Yeah. Whatever. But um. <laughs> You I was looking it, for it, too. I took it down. I didn't even know. No, you put it on Instagram, and your Instagram is tied to your fan page on Facebook, yes. which we both work on. I mean, mostly you you put funny stuff up, and you put your live videos up. I dropped the remote control 100 times Don't put times that fucking day. remote control on the chair, please. I must have God dropped the remote control. I dropped the remote control off this chair, by the way, oh. 75 times. Not only me, Isaac does, too. Now. I'm going to punch somebody. Not only that, the rabbit... Knocks down the remote control off her, off her Just, cage. Okay, the remote controls, we have two. They should lay on should the... should get Velcro They here. should just I be on the coffee table. That's it. Just leave them there. When you guys aren't here and I clean up, I leave them on the coffee table. I never have trouble finding them. You seem them. to be happy when I'm here. No. Okay. I'm just saying things are a little easier to maintain cleanliness when you're not here. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying... Uh, if you're tired of knocking those down, put them in a place. I'm not tired of or it. tired of not being able to find them. I'm not tired of knocking I'm them down. I'm kind of tired of it. Anyway, maybe I am complaining. Anyway, the uh, so you put the picture up right um, yes. on your um, on your Instagram, and it goes automatically to your fan page on Facebook. My fans got it. Your Instagram fans, I don't think there was one person on Instagram who said anything negative. They yeah. got what you meant. You just, it was kind of your little tribute. You just threw this picture up and you put Noah, 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 Juan Gabriel or whatever. You hashtag Juan Gabriel. But on Facebook, I went over there and these people kept commenting too soon. First of all, it wasn't a joke or anything. Yeah. Secondly, You'll never reach his heights. Who are you? Like, who the fuck do you think you are? And then there was this one guy who said, uh, how disrespectful. <laughs> and said uh, <laughs> something like, um, you fucking loser, call yourself a Mexican comedian. Or sorry, excuse for a Mexican comedian. Or something like that. And then another guy said, uh, this is so disrespectful. This is why I like Fluffy better. Good. I mean, I know. I mean, first of all, I deleted and banned those people because obviously they're not, they're not fans. They didn't get it. Yeah. Second of all, it wasn't really a joke. It wasn't even a joke. It wasn't a joke. He didn't say anything disrespectful at all. 
these people got pissed. What's wrong with the Facebook people versus Instagram people? They always want to fight. Maybe they're a little older. But it was in no way disrespectful at all. It wasn't even a joke. It was just this thing that somebody made of you like a year ago or whatever. How many shares it got? On that, I don't think it had any shares. It wasn't even up like half an hour before people started hating on you. But I think because, you know, on Facebook, when you go to search for something, if you're searching for Juan Gabriel posts on Facebook... That's going to come up. So probably. people that were they didn't like it, they were my fans, or they were like they found somewhere else. They probably else. found it somebody somewhere else, or a friend might have shared it. Maybe a couple people had shared it with their friends, and then those people started commenting. But a couple of people might have been fans too, because somebody said bye or something bye. like that. I was like bye, bye. We're bye. Do, we're doing okay. <laughs> What's wrong with people? They got pissed. Crybabies. Pissed over nothing. It was so stupid. So I took it down on Facebook. I didn't even know that I was trying to find it. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then, uh, anyway. But yeah, his music is, uh, you know, it's all right. Not for me, but I know you, that's, that he's an icon, right? My you mom know? used to stalk him. Yeah. Because I, Juan Gabriel, he lived in um, Santa Monica. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, and he died in Santa Monica. <clears throat> and... One time, um, I don't know if we talked about this here, but Juan Gabriel was eating a sandwich at a, at a deli in Palisades, and my brother's ex-girlfriend worked there. Uh-huh. And he, she knew that my mom was a big Juan Gabriel fan. Mm-hmm. So my mom said, she called my mom, fíjate que aquí está Juan Gabriel right now ordering a sandwich. Right now, Juan Gabriel's over here. My mom got in a car. Taught herself to drive. <laughs> got in a car, okay? Drove to Palisades. Wow. This is a woman who didn't drive to um, a baseball game to go see us or walk. <laughs> drove to Palisades. Wow. Didn't order a sandwich or nothing. Just sat in front of him. Oh, he was there still when she yeah, got there? sat wow. in front of him. She made good time. Sat in front of him and just stared at him like Randy Quaid stared at Wayne Newton. <laughs> And vacation, <laughs> and she told him that at this straight up, I was at your concert two days ago at the Forum or Sports Arena somewhere, and she said I have backstage passes. Like, because Fernando got her backstage passes, mm-hmm. and my mom was sat in the front, mm-hmm. the front of the show, wow. showed up with flowers. Gave them to him and got really close, you know, like the, like in a vacation at Wayne Newton show. Yeah. She got really close. And my mom even told me that she, that Juan Gabriel told her, gracias amor. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom went nuts. She has to know he's gay though, right? I, I mean, do you think she didn't know? But there's that thing, you know, is that thing you say that um, why bands like um, One Direction and Backstreet Boys do so well, yeah, because the woman just feels safer it's on this guy. It's a non-threatening, yeah. It's a non-threatening romantic guy, you know. Slightly feminine, slightly, but the songs make me feel good. Yeah, you know what's funny is my mom, like Barry Manilow. Well, my mom had a similar obsession with Freddie Mercury. Yes, she knew he was gay. She didn't care, right? She knew he was gay. She didn't care. And well, back then he would say he's bisexual, right? That's what Elton John used to say. David Bowie used my to say, was, like, my mom was one of those people that would deny. 
Juan Gabriel's gayness, like she was protecting him. Yeah. Es un talento. <laughs> no es maricón, okay? Es un talento. Yeah, um, He's not gay, he's a talent. My mom, okay, my mom took me to Red Rocks in Denver. Sounds horrible. Red Rocks? What is Red Rocks? It, it was an arena. It's a oh. concert arena in Denver. Let us know. So you, you were taking Red Rock to me, sound like a bar, like um, like Roadhouse. Red, it's one of the major music venues in, in the country. Colorado, in the country. Colorado, where? In Denver, it's huge. It's like every major, like like seats. who would perform there, and like Led Zeppelin, and like like it's major. It's like Coliseum over here. Yeah, yeah, it's giant. Anyway, I went there with my mom. We had no money, first of all. I don't know how she pulled it together to buy tickets, but also she my my people. mother my mother would also buy um any magazine where Freddie was mentioned or a small picture of him or uh anything like that. Of course if there was a cover or whatever, she would buy the magazine, circus magazine. She had Facebook on a notebook. Huh? It was like Facebook on a notebook. Yeah, but it was like but see, these magazines, she kept them in a trunk. She never even, like, she never left them out or cut out pictures or anything like that. They stayed the way they were when she bought them. My mom's kind of a hoarder, too. But she was obsessed with Freddie Mercury, insanely obsessed. This is a woman who has no money to even feed the kids, right? We're on welfare, everything. She sends him a scarf, a fancy scarf. Or a couple scarves, black, red, and white were his favorite colors. I know that mm-hmm. because she knew that. And we got him a gift every birthday. I think his birthday was like in October, I want to say. Um, but we sent him scarves, like these fancy scarves. What the fuck are we sending this millionaire fancy scarves? Didn't make any sense to me at all. Anyway, so she took me to Red Rocks and I was, oh, I must have been like nine or ten. It's like 80, 81. Amazing concert. Like, it, it was like a super show. It was like a circus. The you know? backdrop, everything. Yeah, like he had, he had like 10 costume changes, ballet shoes. He wore ballet slippers, full unitard, you know, full, uh, you know, with, you know, uh, all the way down to his legs and everything. And then open chest, you know. Anyway, he threw out flowers, right? And my mom caught three roses. And then this gay dude, super gay dude, all around, gay dude behind her, taps her on the shoulder, and like basically is crying, asking for one of those flowers. And I didn't get, why does this guy want this flower so bad? I didn't understand. Like, I didn't really know what gay yeah. was. To me, we, we did like the limp wrist. You know, he's like this. He's gay, you know. Yeah. That's all we knew. We didn't really know what gay guys did or anything like that. But, yeah, so he asked for one of the roses, and my mom was, like, really mad that he asked for one. She had three. She was like, all right. So she gave him one. But she regretted that forever that she gave him one of those roses. And then she just pressed him in a book. He didn't. (laughs) She pressed him in a book or a program or something like that. But yeah, my mom was obsessed. She would buy posters and stuff. And I remember my uncle, her brother, he was such a dick to me. He was the one that popped a balloon in my face when I was two. And I remembered that. I I got so terrified of him. But I remember my mom un- unveiled this poster that she had bought. It was a huge door-sized poster of Freddie Mercury. 
my my uncle said, "What a fag!" And I didn't know what fag was, and uh, and my mom was so hurt by that, like, you know. She said, "No, he just happens to be bisexual." And that was her defense of him, like, he's totally gay. He had a beard. This woman who who inherited all his estate and everything, she took care of everything for him. She was like his house manager too and best friend. But yeah, it was um, the same thing. Same thing. My mom just loved him. She didn't care. Longoria was oh and and that L.A. Times was talking about that he was gay and that uh, but he never he never talked about it and nobody ever asked and one time a reporter asked and said uh, asked if he was homosexual and he said you don't ask what can be seen you don't ask about what can be seen and then he left it at that so I guess he's saying obviously duh duh. So my mom shows up to um, the restaurant. <clears throat> Getting back to that story. I'm sorry, I didn't. I thought you were done with that story. Oh no, there's more. And she she sits down you. next to him, and she tells him, "I was at your concert two days ago, and I have backstage passes, meet and greet. Your ass didn't show up." <laughs> <laughs> Por qué? <laughs> No salistes. Why didn't you she come said up? she was waiting forever. She said she didn't care about the backstage, all that, those drinks. You know, they are, they are, you know, you know how they do it sometimes yeah. when they have backstage Finger passes. Finger foods and stuff like that. They know you're a broke-ass fool. Yeah. So they got food for you to slow your ass mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. So she didn't fall for that. She was like waiting, man. And she said that um, Juan Gabriel told her at the restaurant, I'm sorry, you know, but I was busy. I had to run. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, I understand not being able to do a meet and greet, but when people paid for it, that's Fernando got it. That's a dick move. Yeah, but still, somebody paid for it. Yeah, yeah. lots of people that day didn't get to see him. It was like a special meet and greet when they were backstage. It was cool. <laughs> but sometimes meet and greets like they're big shots, big shots. It's like a quick little hey and bye. Huh? Oh, I know. Yeah, quick. Yeah, I no mean, questions you do, asked. It's things are a lot is expected of people these days. Like people expect to meet and greet with you all the time. You don't charge for your meet and greets, not yet. I mean, that's the thing. Starts charging for <laughs> Snapchats. It slows everything down. I know, man. That fucking Snapchat kills me because also it's one picture. So if it's bad, or it's blurry, or you move, or you look away a lot when you take pictures of you when you're talking to people because you're looking at all the other people. So sometimes you're looking over this way, and I know people aren't going to want that picture. Or it's blurry, or you move your head like this, right? Snapchat's only a one-shot deal. So I have to go back and undo the photo and redo the photo, you know? You get one chance for Snapchat. Pisses me off. Why do people want to put it on Snapchat? It's going to disappear. And it's going to disappear. I know. going to go viral. But the the, uh, meet and greet, you do a lot. And a lot is expected of celebrities these days, you know. And I know it's you feel odd being called a celebrity, but I don't feel like a celebrity. I know, I know, but you know, people consider you one. Some people, your they fans get nervous do. Sometimes, a lot of them do. Um, but they feel like uh, one. You like owe them mom, a response on like social mom, media. She felt like they, she was owed a response. Yeah. Like, well, she was if she paid or somebody paid for her. I think I, you're owed a response. I mean, I would 
I would be upset too. I don't know if I'd go all the way to Santa Monica and call him out at a sandwich shop. <laughs> but, you know, some people, they expect a, a meet and greet now after a show. Now, some people do charge Did for it. Did you say went to a concert and um, Morris didn't show up? No, Morris, he showed. I went to see Morris when I was 19 years old. It was long quick. Time ago. He performed for 20 minutes. <laughs> I drove an hour and a half. See, that just was an apology. I drove t- an hour and a half down to, I think it was Indianapolis or somewhere in Indiana from Ohio, from Dayton, Ohio. And it was an hour and a half drive, and I had a shitty Plymouth Volare that was barely making it, and it was making a weird smell. And I was like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. But I made it, sat through 20 minutes of Morrissey. Well, I sat through like an hour of shitty opening acts. And then Morrissey came out, did 20 minutes, and then said, the security in this venue is too much to bear. And then he dropped his microphone, and he left. And everybody's looking around like, ha, ha, ha. Uh, when is he coming back? And then the house lights came on. And that was it. And then everybody got pissed. And I was, I was so mad because I wasted gas. My car almost broke down. And then I was worried. I'm like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to make it back home. And I had no money like in case my car did break down. I don't even know why I drove like that. Um, but I was so mad. And I never wanted to see Morrissey again. And I wrote him off forever after that. Fuck you. I was pissed about that. You know, he didn't give a, a performance. And I think the only reason he did do 20 minutes is to get paid. Because if they have in these contracts, if you go on stage, if you make it to the stage and you go on for, you know, any length of time, you've fulfilled your contract and you get paid. Even if you stand there. Even if you stand there. And I think Cat Williams did that one time, right? He went on for like five minutes or ten minutes or something like that and then left. And they were like, well, no, he took the stage. So you can't get a refund, you know, to these people. And they were pissed about that. I think that was it might have been in Oakland when he was first kind of fucking up. But, um, yeah, so he took the stage. And I couldn't get money back or anything. But I didn't even try to get money back. But I was just, it sucks. It really sucked. Especially, you know, I was, I was 19 and broke. So I've been calling my mom every week since New York. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I told her that. Um, I forgot what I told her. I have not called my mom once since Christmas. And it's coming. <laughs> I'm her. I am not calling. Her. Thanksgiving is like a warning for everybody. Okay, man. If you can get past Thanksgiving, if you don't without calling a relative, you're gonna be all right. No, see, I already skipped Mother's Day and her birthday, so I'm I'm in the clear. I'm, it's not going to happen. I just I've, I've I'm done. I've already accepted that. So I call my mom because. But I'm I, glad to see you are developing a nice relationship yeah. with your mom again. That's I call my mom and t- to tell her that um, when I to tell her, she already knew. Of course, she got an alert. <laughs> she brought her, her Juan Gabriel candle. Her Noah Noah candle. And she said, she was telling me everything about Noah, that he was a good guy. And <clears throat> that he wrote her a thousand, he wrote a thousand songs. He wrote a lot. And for other people, mm-hmm. too. He was a songwriter, not just a singer. Well, he had money. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, it was interesting. I never, I honestly, I never knew about him. You know what? Speaking of, um, 
I mean, I never knew about him until I met you, and that's apparently the music your mom puts on when she's about to clean the house, right? Every Mexican-American kid's Yeah, mom. that, Vicente Fernandez. Um, See, when you guys aren't Angelica here, I, I put on Edi Gourmet Los Panchos, which I really like. And I'm not Mexican, of course, but I do love that album. And it gives me a little pep in my step, but I feel like a 50s housewife. It's, it's like, you need, you need, a, you need, a, hold on, you need a little extra pep in yeah. your music to start cleaning. Yeah. Like um, even Kramer and um, <laughs> when they're making the sausages, when they're making the sausage, it's a it's a up, it's a real upbeat. <laughs> it's like calypso. That's calypso. Yeah. <laughs> so, like that. <clears throat> so um, we were um we've been away for a while. Oh, we've been I, away for four weeks. Yeah, let me give some shout outs first. I wanted to get shout. We haven't given any shout outs on this show yet. Ever, huh? No. I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Angie Ted Gu- Martinez. Well. Arena. Yeah, Ted Martinez. Uh, he and I disagree on a lot of things on Facebook, but I don't. I don't argue with him. I respect his beliefs, and I don't want to get in an argument with him. But uh, we do follow each other on Facebook. But he's a nice guy. And he's a big fan of the podcast. He's come to your shows, right, in Reno? Yes. Yeah. Oh, but uh, Ted Martinez. He's the one that brought that friend. Um, he had a big the, handlebar uh, mustache on the of. Thursday show. Who passed out? Oh yeah. Yeah, he, he had like a. Uh, uh, he he had passed out, right? He had passed out on the Reno show in um, Reno. Like, was he too drunk, or he was just tired? Man, he looked. Man, he he, looked, he had one beer, passed out. <laughs> like looked, I did when you were taping yes, that show. He was tired, man. <laughs> he literally used that comedy show to get away from his family. Oh wow! So he passed out like weekend at Bernie style. Oh wow! Passed out. He only had like one beer, and and he, he was wearing construction boots. They were still dusty. Well, he was tired. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So shout out to Ted Martinez and then shout out to Angie Gutierrez. She listens on SoundCloud. Both. Always comments on every episode almost. She comments like five or six times. She has a conversation with us as she's listening to the show. Uh, Be Rich in Detroit, which we gave him a shout out on the What's Up Fool podcast. And he called in to the call-in show, too. And uh, Jose Berrios, Jose Antonio Berrios, I am from Milwaukee. I think it's Milwaukee. Um, I gave him free tickets to Chicago because he was going to drive all that way, right? And he got a room and all this stuff. And and I don't think he showed up. What the fuck? Because mm. he would have shown up and said hi, right? Because like, he came all that way and he listens to all the podcasts and stuff. So I, I don't know what happened to you, dude, but... Uh, if you showed up and didn't say hi, what what's up? What's up, fool? Uh, and, but I hope you're doing well. Uh, Gabe and Lisa Jimenez, we give them a shout-out. And Rudy Vega on the What's Up Fool podcast. And Moises Licea, who's on house arrest and couldn't come to the San Jose show. He listens to all those shows, too. So thanks, guys, for coming out to San Jose, uh, Rudy and um, Gabe and Lisa. And... Um, Oh, and a Pastor big Tune. oh Pastor Tune and Sammy Solorio, um, or from Reno as well, right? Yes, they drove. Yeah, and they said hi, and they and were they, waving during the taping and yeah. everything when we were out in the streets. Uh, and we were very busy. I'm sorry if I sorry we couldn't. I, say I hope hello, I didn't. Man. I hope it didn't make it seem like I was ignoring you, but I was full of, of a, I was a ball of stress that weekend. And I just wanted to get <laughs> want to get that shot over with to get get the show going. Yeah, and anytime you 
connect with a fan in a crowd like that, you're going to get stopped for like a million selfies. So yeah, it, so it just, um, we had to hurry. And some of you guys that were behind me, I, I did um <coughs> cut that cough. Um, I just take selfies with the people who approach me, mm-hmm. but for the most part, people stayed back. Yeah, we did a shot out in the street while people were lined up, so we had to get through it quickly because we were in the middle of the street. And we had no permit. There's Gorilla cop, there's shooting. cops all around there, and I didn't want to get stopped for anything. Um, and I have one last shout-out. A big fuck you to this guy, Cesar Barcenas. Cesar Barcenas from Glendale, Arizona, a.k.a. Kilo One, uh-huh. who called me a pendeja gringa on SoundCloud for saying that. Because I, because I said Selena only had two hits. First of all, I didn't say that she only had – I said she only had two hits on mainstream – Radio, which is true, right? So it's more in Spanish or Tejano music? Because she won a Grammy for Tejano. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying she had two hits on mainstream radio. Okay? Yeah. Pop radio. She had two hits, Dreaming of You, right? Yeah. And the other one, what was the other one? Uh, <laughs> we talked about last week. Como una flor. No. Anyway, he was saying... Uh, that I didn't know what I was talking about. Because I'm dreaming. Yeah. He said, I didn't know what I was talking about um, because I must have grown up in a white neighborhood because I didn't know <laughs> what I was talking about. Look, dude, you, you grew up, grew up in, with you, Zap. You grew up, yeah, I didn't grow up in a white neighborhood. If you think that, I, then you haven't been listening to the show and you're not really a fan, so I don't really care. But um, you grew up in Glendale, Arizona. You're in the Southwest. Of course she's big to you. You know? Like, she, we, you, we even talked about she wasn't huge in your neighborhood until she died, right? She wasn't huge in L.A. until she died. And until a movie was made of her and all that stuff, right? She was bigger in San Antonio than she was in the city of commerce. Of course. Because it's Tejano. She, she had a Odessa, Tejano. Texas, I know. She had Tejano she was roots. was in Syracuse, New York. So, uh, fuck you, Cesar. Tejano music only goes it, so far. Look, in Ohio, where I grew up, Dayton, Ohio... There were more funk stations than anything. Well, I shouldn't say funk. There were more hip-hop stations than anything. There were a couple classic rock stations and zero Tejano stations. Zero Mexican music stations, okay? So how the fuck am I going to hear it? Her two songs that came... And I didn't say she only had two songs. I said she had two hits on mainstream radio, pop radio. That's it. They were on the pop charts. Prove me wrong. Man, when I was up in the East Coast doing a show i forgot where it was and you should have seen the, the kind of performers that were going to be there and those dudes would never have a chance performing in the west coast who was it they were like all bebop italian guys i never heard of. oh yeah 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 see see that's another thing like the, music is regional like even people like billy joel Okay, and Bruce Springsteen have a huge East Coast audience. Now, I'm not saying they don't have a West Coast audience or South or Southwest or whatever. Their their audience in in the East Coast is gigantic because that's where they're from. People love fucking Billy Joel. In New York, you cannot talk bad about Billy Joel. You just can't. You can't. And you can't talk bad about Selena and Glenda, Arizona. <laughs> Apparently not. I wasn't even talking bad about her. I was telling. I was stating facts. I get, I get a lot of people hating me for facts, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, we uh, Chicago. We, we were away for a long time because we're busy. busy. Very busy. busy oh, busy. people, um, look out for me on the new season of um, 
Superstore on NBC. I got to be on an episode. Yeah, the, the new season starts September 22nd, I think. Yes. Right? And you're in one of the first few episodes of the season. And I think they're asking for you back uh, for another episode. So Awesome. That will probably air a couple weeks after that one, a few weeks after that one that, that's going to air soon. So look out for that. NBC's Superstore. An Eric Andre show Eric today. Eric Andre show. I think it's this weekend. Yeah. That's what Kevin and Bean said. That's what Kevin and Bean said. You, you're on two episodes, I think. But, you know, the way, Ke- the way Eric, Andre sh- <clears throat> Eric Andre's show is filmed is strange because they get everybody in there to improvise for about an hour. No script. About that. There's no script. I forgot about that. Like Eric has a, uh, an idea of what's going to happen. But he and the writers are the only ones who have an idea of what they want to happen, right? The rest of it is unplanned. Like they have a few things they're going to say. They have a few props set up, a few actions they want to accomplish. Everything else is improvised. So they'll shoot an hour's worth of stuff with everybody in the room together. And then they'll cut it down to really two minutes, you know? It's funny, man. Like I think I, I, I forgot what season it was. He was sitting down in a chair, and they dropped blood on him like Harry. <laughs> was that his straight hair, Cat Williams yeah. season? I think that was three, the last one. But you're not expecting that, would you? Like a lot of these actors. Well, they dropped on who? On, on Eric? Yeah. Oh well, he he knows that it's coming um, though. A lot of these, but the uh, but the guests didn't know. No, they don't know. <clears throat> a lot of these um, actors, they come in thinking that they're gonna be a, do a straight lace, like a puff piece or regular. Drop in interview, yeah. yeah, like Jimmy Kimmel without yeah. ever watching the show. Yeah, and then they get. Uh, I think you said this season was more like a Howard Hughes sort of season, Howard Hughes, right? Yes. So he he didn't shower. He didn't shower. He let his nails and hair he let grow. Nail her hair. His hair was all nappy and everything. And, and the heat was was um. And the heat was on, so he was sweating and it stinky. It was one hundred and ten degrees. Yeah, so it was like smell of vision. He's plus also I was wearing no t shirt. I'm sweating right behind you. <laughs> Yeah, so some of the people, because you, you had about two or three guest stars because you were on two episodes, right? So you had, oh, there was a basketball player, Amber Rose was on your episode. Yes, and, and also and Tukos. Tukos, uh, Raymond. Raymond Cruz. Cruz, yeah. From um, from a lot of from stuff. American Crimes. <laughs> he also he played Tukos on Breaking Bad, the crazy loose cannon drug dealer, drug user guy. And then he does some blood and blood out. Right. That's true. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in that, um, is he in CBS Homicide or something? He's in yeah, one of those shows. Show. Yeah, he's in a TV show. Yeah, so these people come on thinking they're going to promote something. and That's weird because um, Raymond Cruz was promoting a movie. Yes, the movie came out. It was a year ago. That. A year ago you filmed that. They're going to cut that. They're yeah. going to cut what Amber Rose was promoting Yeah, and that basketball player. Yeah. And they're basically just using them, but people are going to enjoy it. But, boy, she didn't expect anything to happen to her. If you want to watch a funny <laughs> episode, okay, there's a lot of them, but there's a real funny one. Watch the Eric Andre show and Google the one with him and Sinbad. Oh, yeah. That's because awesome. Sinbad realized it was going on <laughs> towards the end of the episode. He just put his head down. <laughs> I love, nah. I love Sinbad. I have a soft spot for him. I love Sinbad too, man. <laughs> but he's because he's kind of got like this dad, 
this like nerdy dad quality to him, but lovable. There's a lovability about him. But I just always remember of him on Different World too, and he was. He's like the jokester. I don't know. He was like a lot of teachers I grew up he with. He had the face like, oh, man. Okay, man. <laughs> you got me, motherfucker. Was, yeah, man. <laughs> nah, I'm good, man. funny. <laughs> yeah, Eric Andre is the real deal, man. He really does work hard at making all of it a surprise. He doesn't even let you see the guest no. who's on when you guys are backstage. You're in your own little private dressing room, and you're not allowed to come out and see the other person. You don't want nothing rehearsed. Nothing rehearsed. Nobody knowing who's on. Until they get in that room together, so it's it's really cool and it's all improvised. So. And Lisa and I, by the way, uh, we've been um, invited to every birthday party for the last four years. Yeah, we weren't able to go this last time. We I was missed devastated because we were in Vegas. We were in New York. We were in New York for the Hot ninety seven jam with Tracy Morgan. The first one we went to was crazy because and we never talked about it. Well, but that was at his little apartment. Was, he had he like don't a, live in an apartment. Yeah, we had the party in the parking. The carport. The carport. And it was packed. And he had farm animals. But we missed the farm animals. We missed that He had a part. camel, remember? He has an all-day party every year. And it's crazy. And he had he had a camel. We saw pictures. We were like, what party was this? Because we weren't there. But it was earlier in the day. There was a, like a petting zoo, but exotic petting zoo came to his apartment. Uh, camel. There were like goats and sh- and sheep and stuff. And then... Uh, a BBW stripper. Yeah. When we got there, there was a giant woman stripping and then a couple go-go dancers and then eric got naked which was weird and he tucked his penis and balls in between his legs <laughs> and everybody took pictures and lisa and i got him this um this fire this um, fireworks shooter from chinatown yeah one of the party popper things party like a cannon and yeah. he was shooting naked with a wrestling mask we gave him yeah he had a wrestling mask on and a t-shirt and, and that party was that party was going to be there all night or yeah. were they going somewhere else later they were going to go to some after party i think well, somewhere a bar because last year we went the next to both year, places right uh no was it, it was only one? one at the bar but i think that's where they ended up last the year before so we went to that bar and it, he had rented it out. He had a little bit more money. So he had rented it out. And then his friends got him a dwarf stripper. A male dwarf. A male dwarf, a male dwarf stripper. And he and Eric was blindfolded. While, and yeah. he had no idea what kind of person was giving him a lap dance. So um, that was crazy. And then... Um, there was food there too, right? I don't remember. We were vegan, so we probably didn't eat anything. I was just hoping to get out and get some food. But then, um, the then last year was the trailer. It was um, a little, a little uh, kind of camper campground, right in the desert by Joshua Tree in California. And it was um, what was that called? Hicksville, Hicksville, USA. Hicksville, USA. And it's all these little airstream or little, actually not even airstreams. They're little tiny. Campers and a little pool, and and it's all kind of kitschy retro uh, uh, style, and it's private. It was private. It's the the house is from a. You can see the house. No, you can see Higgsville in a video game called Doomsday. I think. Oh yeah, the one Isaac played. I think so. In there, but there's like seven campers, and they're all in this circle around the pool, and you could like. There's also archery. On site, and you could shoot BB guns. Were you shooting BB guns too with Eric? Yeah, we're shooting yeah. BB guns. Eric and I were shooting the the bow and arrows. And they had a TP, a real TP. a real TP with a real fire inside, 
And we uh, we did some mushrooms that night. We were shrooming. Shrooming. That was fun. Um, but yeah, oh, it was that weird. weird guy that came up to us doing Molly for the first time. I'm doing Molly for the first time, guys. I was like, that's great. You're 45. Yeah, man. <laughs> we're partying with Eric Andre, his friends, <laughs> and probably every every sound and technician and cameraman he's ever met. Yeah, it's kind of like a rap party. He probably writes it off as a rap party, too, whatever he spends on food and stuff. That's where he met Tom Green, too. And yes. Tom Green said he was a fan of yours, and he his Mexican girlfriend and her family put that video on put your special on and he watched it that's how he saw it he was like this guy's pretty funny but it was fun like it was fun and and eric got naked of course again yeah he always gets naked and he chased everybody <laughs> he attacked you he and was all bi- he gave you a hug right like yeah. was he wet from yeah, the pool oh. <laughs> then you and i went on top of the jacuzzi too oh that's right there was a jacuzzi up at the top that's why he was wet he hadn't gotten to the pool yet he came from the jacuzzi and it, yeah, that was like a. I thought that place was gonna crash down. It looked rickety. But I don't remember eating much there. They had tacos. I think we had like some squash and corn tacos or something like there that. But we brought our own food. Yes. And we had it in a little camper. And then you could stay overnight and stay in the camper. Um, every little trailer, every little camp, every little camper. By the way, is a theme. Yeah. So we had that the uh, goth punk one. Ours was. Uh, what was that called? Um, uh, um, it was like punk the, the and cramps. Goth. Was it the cramps? I think so. I think that I think somebody from the cramps owns, owns the park, you know. And further down, but we can't see it. Um, but further down in the desert is also Kate Pearson from B fifty two. She owns she a camper one. lot like that too. But it's such a great idea, a little. But it's it's awesome, man. Instead of a hotel, like if you look, if you. You cannot find this place unless you have a map yeah. and you got to register this only only on the internet. And they don't want you to geotag yourself there because no. they don't want people to find it. They want nobody to find it. Also, it's like if you ever have the means to have a big party, this is it, man. It was cool. It was cool, man. It you was, know what? But the other bathrooms were outside. Oh, that's true. They were outhouses, remember? I don't even... Oh, I do remember. It's not an outhouse. It was weird to no, get a dump shrooms, man. <laughs> it's not an outhouse. It's a public bathroom. There were two or three, and they were next to the arcade. Also, they had for, like little arcade don't games. Don't forget about the old school arcade games. Yeah. They had Dig Dug. Dig I Dug. Love Dig Dug. Man. I love Dig Dug. I was... It was like the one I competed that, in that. It game. was that video game that that video game just had all the games, huh? Yeah, it had. Yeah, it was a multi. Uh, Dig Dug Frogger. Dug, um. But yeah, Miss Pac-Man and, and Mr. Bubbles. What's Mr. Bubbles? Bubbles is the, it's like Dig Dug, but it's in like an amaze. And you just shoot bubbles at them and you blow them up. I've never played that. And you get a lot of loot. You can make that up. Maybe it's not called Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah, so you'll be on Eric Andre's show uh, a couple times this season. And it's already started, so I think your episode's coming up. Um, or your episodes are coming up. And... Next week, you're going to be shooting a brand new show. Um, a comedy get down. A comedy get George down. Lopez, George Lopez. George Lopez. D.L. Hewley. Cedric, yeah. the entertainer. Charlie Murphy. Um, yeah, so you'll be on that F- on, one episode. <laughs> on one episode. Why do you say that? No, because I'm oh. doing it like... Um, oh, like Rick James? Like Rick James. Fuck Charlie Murphy. Don't bring Charlie Murphy. Yeah, so you guys... Uh, Anybody fuck Charlie Murphy, you're fired. George wrote you into an episode. That was cool. Well, actually, I think, you know what? I think Amelia wrote that episode. Amelia? Amelia Serrano. She's a a writer. We had a development meeting with her about a show. 
also today, man, we um big news. We've been we've been uh, I think since April, I've been working with a guy named um, Bobby Bowman and Peter Murrieta and Dustin Ibarra and Three Arts. And media. Dustin is another comedian, but the other two guys are showrunners yes. and writers. And we've been trying to write a write a pitch, and we've been we've been practicing this pitch forever for a sitcom. For a sitcom, and we have a pitch meeting tomorrow morning, and we're gonna pitch this sitcom idea to CBS, NBC, and Fox. Um, and actually, this week CBS and ABC on Friday, and then next week or the week after is gonna be NBC, and then they're gonna go to Fox, I think. But yeah, it's exciting, and it's the first time. I've been learning a lot. Yeah. It's cool, but those guys, these guys have sold TV shows before, so it's... You can tell by their homes. Yeah. (laughs) But they know how to do it, and Bobby's kind of running... This ain't no couch. No. Bobby's kind of running the the whole thing, because he's done it before. He he worked on My Name is Earl. That was his show. Uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, Dear, all those years ago. Yes, Dear was big. That lasted like seven years, eight years. You know, it's a long time. No, that community, Anthony something. Anthony Clark. And uh, Tom, oh, Michael uh, Malley. Michael Malley's a good comedian. He's yeah. a, a stand up comic, yeah, too. He's a funny guy. He's directing now. He, he's always he's in Billy Gardell's things. Uh. They're the kind of blue collar, same kind of guy, Kevin James. He's the one that cut. Um, he cut. Um, he used to wear a baseball cap all the time. He cut George Stealing on Seinfeld. George Stealing. No, no, no. That's uh, George Stealing. Yeah, it's a drugstore. Remember, he got him. He cut him shoplifting. Michael Malley did? He cut him shoplifting. He was playing like a cop. Michael Malley? Yeah. I don't remember that. Okay, we'll scrap South made up too. <laughs> I don't remember. It might have been, but I don't remember him in that. But he always wore a baseball cap and then because he was going bald. And then he just went all the way bald and said, forget it. I'm just going to accept it. And then, uh, so, yeah, so we've been busy with that, with your TV stuff. And then we've been busy with, we produced four shows in Chicago with Mikey O. Four sold-out shows. Four sold-out shows. So I went Chicago, to, by the way, we stood at an Airbnb. It was very nice. It I was, was awesome. I was afraid it was not going to be like the pictures because it was a first Airbnb experience. And I was afraid... It wasn't going to come through. Like, I was going to get an email when we landed. Uh, sorry, but there's a problem with the apartment, and we don't have any place to put you. But everything actually worked out great. Cheaper than a hotel. Yeah. Because we had, uh, we paid for the, well, the Rodrigo Torres, Marcella, and I. And yeah, so Lisa. four people, and we each had a bedroom. So I was nice in a living room and kitchen, and it was clean and beautiful. I had wash, washer and dryer in there so we could come back with clean clothes, which was yes, awesome. Yes, I did. And uh, we ate some great. good food too. Yeah. We ate at Chicago Diner. Chicago Diner, which is a vegan I, I, diner. I did have the French toast there, how Monte Cristo there. Yeah. It was delicious. I had chilaquiles and they were pretty good. Then we went to another place called Quesadilla. La Reina del Sur. And right there, man, they had the most they delicious carnitas. Yeah, green pozole and yummy carnitas. And uh, all vegan. And you know what was so funny was people always come down on you. Oh, you're not a real Mexican because you're vegan or, or you're sellout or whatever. But uh, everybody in that restaurant was Mexican. was Mexican and was speaking Spanish. Like the whole family that was sitting there and they recognized you. 
And then the family that came in, the woman with her two daughters, I think she had a white husband, yeah. but she was speaking Spanish with her kids. And we, um, we had three different types of Mexicans there. We had the hipster-looking yeah, ones. Yeah, there were some hipsters over there. The older, yuppie-looking one, yeah. me, and then the paisa-looking ones. ones. And they were all speaking Spanish. It was crazy. And they were enjoying some good Mexican vegan food. That green pozole was so good. I want some more. But, but we went to uh, the Pilsen Festival in Chicago. And over there, they had these, um, what's the name of that, um, that rotting, that corn with the... Huilacoche. Huilacoche quesadillas, people. Huilacoche is like, um, it's like hominy. It's like the big corn from the husk that's been fermented. And it's blue. It's, and it turns a little blue. Yeah, and it's got a little mold on it like blue cheese does, you know. It's kind of like that. But uh, it's got a musky smell, but it tastes... If I wasn't eating, if I wasn't vegan, I'd be tearing up the molacate. Huilacoche. It's like a fungus, technically. It's a fungus on the corn. I need a fungus to eat all my cancer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they had that. They had pambaso, which I've never had, which is like salsa pambaso. brushed on the bread. Right? Yeah, man. Is it soaked in the bread or just brushed on top? Pambaso is dipped. Oh, it's dipped. It's dipped in the chili and then um, cooked. Okay. But it's not wet when you get it? No. Okay. It's been dried or baked. Yeah, so Chicago was cool, and uh, and we boarded slippers during that trip. Look at her. Oh, my God. She is so cute. Oh, she turned over. We boarded slippers. No. We boarded her, and... Um, she was like... She was... Slipper was basically at Rabbit Summer Camp. <laughs> I was so concerned because it's hard to find a place to take care of your bunny, right? She can't be alone in the house for a day or more, like two days or more because one they're very social animals and they need interaction they need pets they need love they need talking to they need to be out of their cage and running around they need that and um and they need fed of course but hey yeah, they need hay like twice a day and you know so it's it's a it's a lot and i'm usually home so this is the first time away from her since april for me you've been on the road a lot but and I, the last, I was about to get Fred Stoller to watch hey, my rabbit. I'll, I'll, watch her, I'll watch her. I'll watch her, but uh, I never, I never taken care of her. I don't know anything about rabbits. And I was like, okay, well, I know he'd love her, but he won't know what to do with her. So we, I lucked out, and like two days, three days before we were going to leave, I found this woman uh, who does, who bunny sits. Like she's had bunnies since she was a kid, and now she has turned one of her big bedrooms into this bunny house and bunnies come and stay for a few days and then they go and, and she lets them out in her garden, lets them go free. And, uh, they dig holes out there and then they don't ever get in their cage. They don't stay in their cage. She doesn't put them in their cage. So they're free to roam as much as they want. The problem is they also are free to poop everywhere and pee everywhere in that room. And I think slippers got used to that. She became a little wild child. Because she was marking her territory. She normally uses a little litter box. She met Lola. She met Lola. She stomped. Lola, the opposite of slippers. She's a white rabbit with black with slippers black spots, and yeah. a black nose. And they did not like each other. They attacked and, each other right away. Well, they didn't attack. They were, they were uh, what do you call that, posturing. They were showing who's boss. They were trying to dominate. And she was trying to dominate. So she stomped. She did that. Heavy ass stomp that shakes the whole ground. 
you know. And she was like, this is my territory. This is my territory. She did it like three times. And Lola was like, whatever. And she just had this face like, I've been here for four days already. So Smell my poop, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you're laying in my poop, bitch. <laughs> it was funny. But then uh, she had this other, she went home and this other old rabbit, Gordo, came over. And we got some pictures while we were in Chicago. The woman sent us pictures, which was so nice. And Gordo's grooming her, grooming slippers and taking care of her. And they got along. And Slippers found, uh, she fell in love with a cat. A big fat cat. A big fat cat named Fat Gary. Fat Gary. And she would She's follow running him. around with yeah, him. Yeah, she followed him around everywhere. And she had a great time and didn't, I don't think she wanted to come home. She didn't want to come home. <laughs> we went to pick she her up. She was sad over here. Yeah, when we went to pick her up. She looked at me and she was just like eating hay across the room like, uh, what, are we, what are you here for? What do you guys want? Five days later. Try to run behind that lady. <laughs> yeah, she tried to run behind the lady and hide. She did not want to come home. And then we had a problem because she didn't want to be in our cage. And normally I would let her out in the living room. Except she wanted to be in her cage the first two days. Though. First two days she was like, I am a free woman. I'm not going to be held down in this cage. We don't keep her in the cage all day. We keep her in the cage when we leave the house for a long time, like more than half an hour. And... um and we keep her in there at night when we're sleeping. One, most of the, the living room is bunny-proof, and she doesn't go beyond the living room. But it's bunny-proof. The cords are put away. And she doesn't really chew the cords. Um, she doesn't chew anything else except she chews these blinds. We have these long blinds by the patio door, and I can't have her chewing on that because we're going to have to replace them when we move. It's not we're, we're renting here, and I don't want her destroying those. I don't want to have to replace a whole set of big vertical blinds. Ugh pissed me off when she does that so if she didn't do that i would let her go free but she she doesn't play by the rules so she did not want to come home but then we took her to san jose with us when we went up the next week which was last week she was jumping around doing binkies yeah she had a good time in that hotel it was all carpeted she was running around pooping in two different closets so you really stressed out about the special yeah, we filmed your special on Saturday. I was stressed out because, one, it's the most money we've ever spent on anything. You know, we, we did it ourselves, but we, it was a big production. It wasn't any Mickey Mouse thing. We hired a big production company, big crew. There was about 20 on the crew on Saturday when it was going down. They had a control room set up, uh, what they call Video Village. It was just like, you know, six shots. That six. was a green room at the Sound of the Improv, right? It was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it was a perfect setup. It worked I, out well. It, it was perfect because um, any other club doesn't have the, a big room like that. No, it worked like, out really well. I was well. thinking about the Ice House doesn't have a big room Yeah, like where that. would we have set that up if we had done it at some other club? It would have to, you have, you it have, it would have to or in the truck. Or it would have to go over there where um, where the other restroom is. Yeah, in the dining the, room or something. No, no, no. You know where I take the photo of that? Uh-huh. That, built, that office. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have had to be in an office. That would have yeah. been. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was a big production and it was good. It's going to be a good special, guys. And so now, because we're doing it ourselves, we're going to own it a hundred percent. So we're having Felipe's agents. You guys can pick the title, not just <laughs> We're going to have Felipe's agents um, sell it to Netflix, Amazon, one of those places. Comedy Central is interested in seeing it uh, before we sell it. So we'll see. But, you know, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give away the rights. I want to still keep it for a long time. And um, 
We'll see what happens with it, but it'll it'll probably go to Netflix. Um, but it's gonna be good, Felipe. The background was nice. The background, we had a huge background. It's beautiful. It was really beautiful, and it's gonna look so good. People in San Jose were excited. They were so excited. They loved it. They loved it. It, it was just really good. It's such. It's such a. I don't know how many of you guys listening have seen his new stuff that he's been doing on the road. We've been pretty careful about keeping it off the internet. And when people post, like, they'll sneak video during the show, and they'll post it up. Uh, we ask them to take it down um, and just hold on to it till after the special comes out. Because these jokes, they get on the internet, people make a meme, you know, and then the joke's gone. Joke's gone. It's not yours anymore. It becomes Mexican memes or, you know, Mexican word of the day or whatever. Yeah. Mexican ways. I mean, not that those you know guys, We know those guys. You know you're Mexican if we're so Mexican. I mean, there's so many of those... Meme things where they steal comedians' jokes and they make them into a meme and yeah. don't give any credit to the comic and all that. So, not just that, but like that's also the problem with seeing all these video clips of your other stuff, and then you choose to take those jokes and put them into your last special, right? And they're like, "Well, we saw this stuff already." Well, it's because you watch somebody from a bar who shot yeah. this video and put it up on on YouTube. Yep, you know. <laughs> It wasn't done yet either. A lot of times they'll put up a joke that's not even finished yet because you're still working it out on the road. And people don't understand the process it takes to work, to craft a joke, you know. And But this stuff is much more personal for you. And uh, and, and I think it's going to touch a lot of people, this material. It's going to be good. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. But yeah, I was super stressed because the money, for one, because the director and producer kept fucking texting me. And emailing, I must have taken out of the wallet. I must have had a hundred emails on Friday, and there were a in lot text. of in texts, and it, they just kept coming. And I just wanted to throw my my phone across the room at one point. And the backdrop was late, huh? Backdrop was two hours late, which delayed the lights from being hung that, on time. When you're doing a production like this, that means that every two hours of delay, that means two hours of you're paying for somebody to sit there. Huh? That's what I was afraid of. Yeah, that I because we're paying. I didn't want to run into overtime, which was my concern, because these guys are not cheap. And, I mean, these are crew guys. They're not guys that we necessarily hired. They're guys that come with the equipment. So if we go hire, um, uh, let's see, a crane for a camera, right? We go rent that crane, because you had a small crane on the side. I saw two, I saw two cranes. Well, there's a jib, and then there was a small jib, yeah. That crane came Those with are, a crane operator? It comes with a crane operator. And he works every production works, with the crane? He works for the rental company, yeah. He gets so, credit? Yeah, because he's trained to operate this equipment that this rental company owns, right? So we pay the rental company for the, the rental, the, the item, and an operator, which is several hundred dollars for the day, right? And, well, more than several. <laughs> so, so that person is a professional. I, I can trust that that person's going to know what they're doing. And that's, I'm putting my faith in people that don't work for Claude, for the producer, you know. And that's hard, too. For me, I'm a, I'm a control freak, okay, for one. I admit it. And so to let go of that power, to let go of that, because I don't know anything about operating a jib or building a screen, a backdrop for your stage, or hanging lights. I don't know any of that stuff. So I have to just let they go. They were hanging lights? They were hanging extra lights on top of what the improv had in place. Professional They had. I mean, it was. And then they were working out the lighting cues and all this stuff and what they were going to do. They were all on headsets communicating. Uh, Claude was in the in the control room watching 
six, maybe there were eight shots. Uh, I think we had eight cameras. So there were like two behind you. And so I just would, I just wanted to know what was going on, and then I didn't want to know any anything else because it was too much for me to handle. So uh, I was stressed. And then, um, and I, and you, I didn't tell you any of this stuff because I wanted you to just work on your jokes, you know, and not have to worry about the production, which, which I think I did a pretty good job of not letting you know too much of what was going on, right? <laughs> How about that guy you talked to, that funny guy? Oh, he was the jib operator. He was the crane, oh. crane operator. Yeah, because I was like, I was, I did craft services. I did the food. Because they wanted to hire a craft services person for $2,500. And I said, fuck that. For one day? For one day. Well, actually, we ordered food for two days. So it really would have been $2,500 to go to stock up on some stuff on a table. And make their own food or, or make orders? They would have probably made their own food. Can you fix that light? It's driving me crazy. Um, they probably would have made something and served it. But um, I just said, look, are these guys okay? These are crew guys, right? Yeah. Is it okay if we just like order from a few different restaurants and then go run and get it? And the producer said, yeah, they'll be fine with that. So I was like, well, I can save a lot of money here by doing this myself. But it was a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. But they liked what you ordered? They, they, ordered? they liked what we ordered. We, we gave them a lot of choices, and uh, they were happy with it. And we saved probably $1,500 on that cost right there. But um, So I was ordering food, and then I talked to that crane operator. And he was like, uh, I was stressing over the fact that the backdrop was late. And he goes, he goes, oh, what are you so worried about? And I said, no, I'm just uh, stressed by a few things today. And he goes, I said, I said, oh, it's just, you know, it's our big first big production like this. And he said, oh, mine too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, don't tell me that. But he was, he'd definitely been doing it for a lot more time than I had. So he's worked on a lot of productions, I guess. He's an older guy, probably 50. But, um, yeah, so it was a good production. We learned a lot. It was a lot of work. And now we're starting the editing process. And uh, I want to get this out by November, December, or at least get it out and sold by then so we can have a release date. Yeah. We ate some good sandwiches at a new spot. Oh, yeah, the banh mi, banh mi. sandwiches. Since 1963, they brought banh mi's. To California. to California. And then the West Coast. They Lee's to sandwiches. Oregon. Shout out. Yeah, Lee's sandwiches. They were good. Vietnamese sandwiches. Vietnamese sandwiches on French bread because there's the Vietnamese and French connection in Vietnam. So they make these sandwiches on this soft baguette. And they have like, well, we got the vegan ones, but they have non-vegan ones too. And they have like, um, we had like marinated tofu and it has like lemongrass in it and cilantro, jalapeno, jalapeno. some have mint. Carrot. And then there's like a little slaw of like carrot and uh, jicama and it's got a little vinegar and sauce. Oh my God, it's so good. So good. And and Rodrigo said he thinks they're the best sandwiches he had. He told Keith that. He said, shut the fuck up. But then he had it and he loved it too. It was good. Yeah, it was good. But that was fun. And then Sunday when it was over, we just relaxed and we went and had a big old vegan brunch at um, Happy Hooligans. That was good too. Yeah, this husband and wife, they own this You had vegan chicken and waffles. You were like, waffles. you were starving. They were so good. I ate every bite of that. The best, okay, I had chicken and waffles 
real chicken and waffles at Sylvia's in New York. It was the first time that many was, years ago when I went. Too, right? Yeah, I went to see Showtime at the Apollo, and um, we had like a private tour in there and everything. And then I went to um, Sylvia's down the street, and uh, I had them smothered though that time, which was like pouring gravy all over everything. I really care for the smothered kind. But then when I moved to L.A., I had um, Roscoe's, and Roscoe's was pretty good. But this one, the vegan ones, they've always been hit or miss, but this one was just perfect. Perfect, perfect. Talked about shows coming up, Boston. We didn't talk about that yet. Boston and um, actually right after Brea, you have six sold-out shows, and then we added two more, late Saturday and a late Sunday show. Those are about half sold now. And then, um, so they'll be sold out by the weekend. And then the week after that, you're going to be in Naples, Florida, Sarasota, Naples, Florida, also Fort Myers area. And that is Off the Hook Comedy Club, September 8th through 10th. Then you'll be in Oxnard, uh, September 15th through 18th at Levity Live, brand new club. And... After that, September 22nd and 23rd, you're going to be in East Providence, Rhode Island, and Boston. And that's a tough market for him because it's new, kind of a new market. He's only been to Boston once on his own. Yeah, once. So if you know people there, spread the word. <coughs> Or if you live there, spread the word to your friends. And, um, oh, Naples. For the Naples show, we have some free tickets, but in the other shows, we don't. Sorry. So if you want... Free, show, free tickets to those Naples shows. Hit me up at fans at felipesworld.com and I'll set you up. What else? That's all I got to talk about. What else we got to talk about? I don't know. It's, we've been on for about an hour. An hour and nine minutes. Chicago. We talked about Chicago. New York. Um, I wasn't there, but we talked about that last time, though. We did? Mm-hmm. The last podcast we did was August 5th, so we talked about New York on that one. <coughs> we talked about... How you felt like a little boy. Who else died? Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Yep. When, when I was a kid, um, I, was, I thought Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor always did movies together. Oh, me too. It seemed like they had been doing it for a long time. They were paired together, though, right? They didn't yeah, they like... They were paired. They didn't like... Meet each other and say, "Hey, we should do movies together, or whatever." They put them together. You introduced me to some funny ones, though, like uh, Young Frankenstein. I never I, saw that. You never saw Young Frankenstein. Fuck no! I missed out on that. And when I saw it, I thought it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Put it on the wrist. Hilarious. I love that movie. I, I when he's pouring soup for that blind, that blind man's pouring soup, and he gets. Soup all in his lap. He's just like, ah. But he doesn't want to freak out at this blind Peter man. Boyle, huh? Yeah, Peter Boyle. He's so good. I love Young Frankenstein. That movie was It's like funny, on a man. lot in my house for some reason. I don't know if it was on TV all the time or what, but my mom, my mom loved Mel Brooks, and I love Mel Brooks. I really love Mel Brooks movies. I loved, I fucking love Spaceballs more than anybody I ever met in my life. I loved Spaceballs. I know that movie from heart by heart, like front to back. And then I, um, I loved High Anxiety. 
with Harvey Corman, remember? That's kind of a play on Vertigo, the um, Hitchcock movie, Vertigo. Yeah. So it's kind of a parody of that. That's a good movie. Um, I love Blazing Saddles, but my mom was such a... She hated it because that guy, Dirk Blocker, um, punches that horse. The guy from the Bonanza. See no, see no evil, hear no evil. Yeah, see, I didn't see see no, see no evil, hear no evil until you showed it to me. Because I didn't, I saw Silver Streak and Stir Crazy when I was a kid, but I yeah, didn't see bad. the later ones when Richard was doing bad and in, in, you know his health was failing. So I didn't see those. There's one called Another You, where um, Jude Walter is the compulsive liar. We're gonna have to watch that on Netflix. Man, so hilarious. <laughs> I have to watch that. I'll we'll watch it this weekend. At the hotel. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about Kaepernick? Yeah. Okay. Who else died? That's it. I mean, I'm sure somebody else died, but... Colin Kaepernick, not standing up for the national anthem, which um, a lot of people don't stand up. A lot of people don't stand up. Jehovah Witnesses. Not yeah, everybody at a Dodger game stands up. That's true. Now, when I was working in Dodger Stadium, when I was working in Dodger Stadium, and the national anthem started, we weren't allowed to serve nobody. Yeah, you have rules. We weren't then. allowed to. The cashier is closed. There, there was people complaining. Hey, can I, can I get a can I get a beer? And the national anthem is playing. Like like you don't know the rules, and employees. Are supposed to stop wherever they're at. Like, they do stop. I've seen them. They I, have I to stop. Was, I was trying to order something one time. My first time or first couple times at, at Dodger Stadium, that happened to me. I didn't get mad. I just was like, oh, I didn't realize you guys couldn't sell stuff during the national anthem. So all the employees have to stop where they are. Even and they just stood there. They wouldn't even talk to me. And even, they just pointed to the TV. Even if you're wa- even if you're walking, you stop where you're at. Yeah. And you acknowledge the national anthem. But also, unless you're, you're a witness, well, you, you go inside the back and you sit down. I grew up. Oh, you had to leave and do it? You had no. to leave? Oh. Did you know any Jehovah's Witnesses at Dodger Stadium? No. Oh. Just my friends from elementary school. Yeah. Cindy Cox and Tracy Cox. They were Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh-huh. During the national anthem, they never stood up. Yeah, I had several friends who were Jehovah's Witnesses uh, growing up, and they didn't stand. And my friend Donna. And they were not forced to do no Christmas activities. Yeah, my friend Donna. Or um, Valentine's Day. She talked to me about that, and she was like, well, no, we don't put anything above God, so we don't, we don't do that. They're also conscientious, conscientious objectors when, when there's a war and a draft going on. They don't have to go because they object to, to the war and the idea of war. They don't believe in putting the country before, you know, like first in their lives, right? God is first, and they don't put anything above that. So they feel like it's worshiping um, an idol, basically, or revering an idol and basically putting something above, above God. And um, and I kind of respected that in her. I mean, I respected that in her religion. I, I learned a lot from her. But um, then I was like, yeah, me too. So... <laughs> In 11th grade, I didn't stand for the national anthem either uh, at school. Actually, it was the Pledge of Allegiance before some sort of like uh, pep rally or something we did. And so they pulled, somebody complained and they pulled me and my friend Donna out. We had to go to the principal's office. And then they asked Donna 
why they asked us both, but they asked her why she didn't stand. And she said, I'm Jehovah's Witness. We don't, we don't stand. We don't observe that. And he was like, oh, okay. And how about you, Lisa? And I was like, uh, well, and I knew I wasn't Jehovah's Witness, but I said, I'm Seventh-day Adventist, which I was raised Seventh-day Adventist, but they don't, they don't observe it. They don't do that. They don't, um, sit out the national anthem or the Pledge of Allegiance. So I just said, I'm, I'm Seventh-day Adventist, and he didn't know what that was, really. So he just went, okay, whatever, just get back to class. And he let us go because you can't really touch a religious objection. Um, but I don't know why I didn't stand. But the thing is, I, I don't know, there have been so many fights about it, so many arguments. The Pledge of Allegiance, those Jehovah Witnesses in my class, they never stood up no, either. No, no, they don't do it. And they don't you we know, never saw make them a big un- protest or anything. We never saw them with unpatriotic. No. And nobody called him on that? No. No. Um, also, at Dodger Stadium, not everyone mm-hmm. in the Dodger Stadium puts their hand on their heart. That's true. I always have because I was taught as a little kid. Yeah. And there's people talking. Mm-hmm. I used to get offended when, when people were talking. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like saying, man, would you shut the fuck up, bro? It's only going to take this song only two seconds long. Yeah. But also, um, George Carlin had a funny, <clears throat> a funny bit. It was it was like his list of people who he can't stand. Like I cannot stand a waitress with hairy hands. <laughs> I cannot stand and then, and then blah 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 blah. And then the third one was I cannot stand people who know the second verse to the Star Spangled Banner. And when he said that, I th- I didn't know the Star the Star Spangled Banner had extra words. Yeah. But and then um yeah so the part that we're li- the part that we're seeing during the national anthem it's just two verses it's the good parts no. there's a third verse that is very hardcore very hardcore well the, the history behind that is that Francis Scott Key he was an attorney right and uh, he was uh, captured by the British and so he's on this enemy boat um, watching this war go on and but before that a few days before that happened before he was captured he was beaten down by a bunch of black guys who were, who this, this, this were the war worked for the Brit- right? yes 1812 they worked for the british the british burned the, the white house down during that time that's, yeah. where they, that's where they moved the white house to dc well there were these um there were these guys uh these black guys who were working for the british because they were promised freedom as well, um, if they worked for the British Army. And <clears throat> so they uh, beat the shit out of Francis Scott Key a few days before he wrote the Star Spangled the uh, yeah, Star Spangled Banner. And so that third verse is basically like a fuck you to those black guys and basically saying you'll never be free, you fucking assholes. Yeah. And, uh, and you don't deserve to be free. Just because he was all bitter for getting beat down. Yeah. And... Um, he was a slave owner, but, you know, a lot of people were slave owners back then, so I'm not going to jump on him for that. Uh, I mean, even though I, I don't, I don't uh, believe in that, and I think it's, it's hor- a horrible time in our history. Do you history. think that's what they started? They're, 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 um, because not until recently, maybe after 9-11, they started doing America the Beautiful. The beautiful. Yeah, I don't they're know. They're trying to squeeze it in there yeah, somehow. Yeah, they were America doing it. the Beautiful. Yeah, they were... Uh, they were they were pushing that one a lot more. Um, yeah, it's um, it's it's uh, I don't 
begrudge anybody for doing that. And the thing is, there are a lot of veterans. Who, everybody says, well, you're disrespecting the people who fought for this country. But a lot of veterans have been coming out and saying, no, I disagree with what he's doing. But um, his right. it's his right. And I fought for Americans' right. rights to do this. You know, it's his right to protest if he wants to. And People get upset at, at, um, at all the all the rights are like gun rights. Like if somebody's a, like if somebody go, I want you, you're not, not going to take my guns. Well, there's the thing is people politicians, that's a, but that's have a right scared. too, and it's freedom a right. of speech is another right. It's a right, but um, there's a lot of interpretation issues with the Constitution when it comes to the bear, right to bear arms, and so people fight over that. But here's the thing, though. Uh, you can't. You can be upset about it. I'm not. I don't. I'm not think, saying that anybody can. Can uh, anybody shouldn't be upset about it? They can feel however they want about it. I don't care. But he has the right to do it. How about when Roseanne, after the national well, anthem, she, she, she put her hand on her crotch. Yeah, she spit too. She spit too. Yeah. Because she couldn't finish. She didn't know the whole words. Huh? Well, she couldn't. Her, her voice was cracking. It was horrible. But she, uh, you know, people. People, I think, you know, what we're going to see is a lot more people sitting out. The next time we go to a Dodger game or something, we're going to see a lot of people sitting out because they're learning more. That's the thing in this country. People are so afraid of change that they fight to the death. They're fighting tooth and nail to against change, against the idea of change. They're scared that there are more religions than just Christianity that are being represented and being respected in this country now. And so it's not just this one, this single religion uh, of Christianity being talked about and, and um, observed. And people say, "Well, Christmas is Christmas is under attack." But it's not under attack. You can you can still yeah. celebrate Christmas all you want. But Christmas in public, is only under attack if if I stop getting gifts. <laughs> but in a public, like in a state-run or federal-run business or office. Um, well, in a, in a federal-run or state-run office or in most businesses, um, it just doesn't belong there if it's the only thing you're doing, right? So in most offices I used to work in New York, there's a menorah and there's a Christmas tree side by side every year. That's how they do it because in New York there's a lot of Jewish people. And the rest of the country doesn't realize how many Jewish people are in this country until you go to places like New York or even L.A., but L.A., LA Jews are different than New York Jews because they don't they're not don't, very don't religious. Fuck with those hats. They're not very religious unless they're living over there in the Hasidic community. But um but that's why I love New York so much is because you see how big the world is. It's big, man. You realize in it's such humongous. a small city you realize in such a small city how many cultures there are in this world. And that's not even all. I saw more Muslims than Mexicans. And they're side by side, just living their lives. Happy. Happy. Eating. Killing. And, uh, you know, people in the middle of the country are scared of that. They're scared of that, the unknown. And they're scared. The Mexicans are coming. Well, they're scared of. But the thing is, there's also the media throwing that in there that it's scary. Um, There's the politicians playing with things like, we're going to get rid of guns or. You know, um, or not even, they don't even say that. They're going to change gun laws. They're chipping away at the gun laws. Or, 
you've got people uh, saying they're going to get rid of Social Security, and yep. that's always a hot-button issue. They're never going to get rid of Social Security. They're just not. I know. What's the lowest place? You they're can't take not. it. I mean, you could. You could do that, but they're not going to do it. Nobody's going to vote for that, you know? No politician is going to vote for that. It'll be the death of them. <coughs> but anyway. And you know the cats were sponsored by slippers. <laughs> oh, thank you to um, Raymond for making Raymond that. Fiddler. Oh, Raymond. <laughs> Raymond Fiddler, who was uh, also a, person, a PA during the... Yeah, he helped and Birdman helped. He gave us uh, Domino's. What's a food Domino's? Oh, yeah. We should have shown those on the podcast. We have to do it next week. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they're cool, man. He made them. He's like a wood. He's a Native American in San Jose. Who beat cancer. Beat cancer. He beat a coma. He came out of a coma. He wants to be on a, he wants to be on a What's the Food podcast oh, yeah? and talk about it. Oh, yeah. should put him on. He's, um, <laughs> he's a Native. He's probably, what, 50? Maybe yeah. 50? And um, he's, uh, he's a woodworker, and he teaches woodwork, too. And he does, like, this carving. He carved a little keef box for you. But he also carved these dominoes, and then he shellacked them, you know, and put this, like, finish on them. And they have the What's Up Fool, uh, the text from the What's Up Fool logo. And they're cool. Got to remember how to play dominoes. I forgot. Yeah. Bones. Also, um, since um, our last episode we didn't have, we mentioned on the What's Up Fool podcast, but we mentioned it here. Uh, rest in peace to our friend Rory Hill. He was oh, a big yeah, listener of, of this podcast. We haven't done a podcast since he passed away. Yeah, we haven't. Wow. He was a big listener of this. He gave us that card too. Yeah, it's you know it's odd and it's really sad. The day that we heard Rory that Rory died, that morning I was taking you to the airport, you and Rodrigo, and we've had this card. After we lost the baby, he was really he bothered. gave the present. Yeah, he and his wife Rebecca. Gave us, she gave me this little bracelet and it right had, after we lost the baby, right after we lost the baby, and it had little baby feet on it and oh. stuff. It was such a sweet little gift. And then that this card that was signed by him and, and her, and it said, You know, we're so sorry for your loss. She said he was so broken up that we had lost the baby, he was so sad about it, and he was bothered by it after he heard us on the podcast uh, talk about it. And so when they came to see the anniversary, the 100th episode show in Pasadena. Um, for What's Up Fool, they brought this card and the little gift, and it was so sweet. And the card, I've kept the card in the glove compartment. Me too. I thought Since I opened that time, it. It was already open. We uh, did look at it. Oh, it was open, but it then was it, was, open. it was just sealed by, sealed again, huh? No, I think I had it, like, tucked in. Yeah. It wasn't sealed, but it was, like, tucked, the flap was tucked in. But I had the bracelet in my jewelry box, but... um. She, uh, the card was in my glove compartment since April, and that day, that morning, on the way to the airport, you decided to look at that, and I believe he must have passed away probably around that hour Yeah, that you were looking at that card, because it was that morning. It was like 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we started reading it, yeah. Yeah, you were like, oh, this is the card they gave us with the... I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that night, we got the text that he had passed away. And I looked at the article about his... It was a huge accident. He drives a semi. We drove a semi. And uh, it was a huge accident up in Washington. And he was killed. Uh, and it was very, very sad because he leaves behind four girls. And his wife, she's devastated. Yeah. Devastated. Like, it's heartbreaking seeing her posts, old pictures of them together. It's And, then and he was the, such a good guy. Just such a good, good guy. Very good guy. Um... His daughter was turning 15, huh? She was turning 15 the day he died. Oh, wow. Because she was planning her party 
Mm. Uh, I don't think she was having a quinceanera, but um, they were just having a birthday party for her, and she was buying a perfect card for her and gift. And then that happened. And the girls had to start school. You know, that's got to be really that's tough. tough. I keep thinking about the girls. It's Me just too. so hard. So. We had a couple of his, of his uh, relatives. His, his brother-in-law went to Chicago show. Oh, yeah. And they had the shirts on. Yeah. And on the sleeve of the shirt, it said, what's up, fool? Because he was such a big fan. Big of fan. You. His brother said that um, he was very, he was on very, he would get excited that he got through the phone calls. Yeah. He was on the show like four times. I cut together the last What's Up, Fool podcast after it went off. Um, I cut in the old calls that he had made into the show. And... uh I sent that to Rebecca, so because I figured, you know, maybe she'd want to hear his voice one last time, you know. And uh, she really appreciated From Othello, it. Othello, Washington. Washington yeah. Into the casserole with Lisa Esparza. And Felipe Esparza. So, what do we got to work on now? Um, the pitch. Well, you're working on the pitch, and you've got to pitch it to some networks, and then I've got to work on editing your special. I'm not editing it. I'm going to pick out pieces from it, and then we're, I'm going to sit down with the editor. And we're going to go Slippers this. over here are mad. Slippers are ready for bed. I'm ready All for right, a bowl cool. of cereal. All right. All right. Me too. Stay safe out there, everybody. Stay safe out there. <laughs> are you copying me? No, I'm not. I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. Tú eres la tristeza y de mis ojos que llorar en silencio por tu amor me miro en el espejo y veo en mi rostro el tiempo que he sufrido por tu adiós obligo a que te olvide el pensamiento pues siempre estoy pensando en el ayer prefiero estar dormido que despierto Como quisiera que tú vivieras, que tus ojitos jamás se hubieran cerrado.